What a beautiful family and a precious, precious gift. Our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 5. While you're turning, I'll share with you, I want to say thank you to Steve and Cindy as well for sharing their story and their life with us. And I want to share our gratitude as well for our Grief Share team. Um, as you know, our family went through uh, grief as well in, in August with my dad. And I have shared with our folks, as they were sharing with you, I wish that my mother lived closer here so that this would be the team that was taking care of her because we just have an incredible grief share team and a grief share ministry. So thank you to all of you uh, for being a part of that and uh, for sharing our stories and our grief and our pain together. Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. We're going to be looking at boundaries over the next couple of weeks, our boundaries and our, ourselves and our relationship with God, and we'll look at boundaries as well in our relationships with others. Luke 5, beginning of verse 12, Luke writes, Once when he, meaning Jesus, was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I do choose. Be made clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, and show yourself to the priest. And as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing for a testimony to them. But now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. But he would withdraw to deserted places. And would pray. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus Christ, amen. My wife and I have a conversation periodically about my vocabulary. Now, in particular, there's a word in my vocabulary that's not used very often that, that probably should be used a little bit more, and, and that word is no. I have a hard time saying no. I love people. I love working with people. My wife loves people, loves helping with people. But the challenge of it is, is sometimes if you're not careful, you can get overwhelmed. Can you? Yes. Can you? Yes. Can you? Yes. What about? Yes. Yes, I can do that. Yes. And, and the kids call. Yes. I'll be right there. Yes. I'll do. Well, when are you going to sleep? I'll find that. But yes, 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 yes. And the challenge is, is that sometimes our life, we get so overwhelmed. And it's not just clergy, it's all of us. I, 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 when I have conversation with you, our calendars get so busy. So busy with life, so busy with all the things that are going on. Richard Swenson, who's a, a medical doctor who wrote a, a, a book called Margin, as a Christian, he said, the conditions of modern day living devour margin. I mean, our lives today are so 
chaotic. We are, our calendars are so booked that we tend to be late about everywhere we go because we're so overbooked, we just can't pull it off. It's challenging. We're so busy making a living that we seldom have a time for life. And even things that used to be called fun and recreation have now become for so many tasks. Another to-do. It's interesting to read the studies to talk to our youth ministers and others about youth and now even children being treated for anxiety and stress. The pressures today are absolutely unreal. The pressure to score a certain level on your grades, the the pressure to be at a certain rank in your class, to be able to be at this level, to possibly get a sports scholarship, or to be here or to be there is absolutely amazing and paralyzing for so many. But without margin, without boundaries in our lives, we are physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually out of balance we're unhealthy how do we figure out how to get those boundaries back in our lives you know boundaries are part of the created order it's it's part of the system that god put into place there are some some lines that we're meant to stay within you you see it actually in genesis when god created the world god said hey this is really good and and when he finished with human beings and all of the world he goes actually it's very good And then when when God placed Adam, the the Hebrew word Adam means human being. When God placed the human being in the garden, I mean, they had it all. I mean, you you, you can eat any of this. You can have whatever you need. I'm going to walk with you regularly in the garden. I can't wait to be with you daily. And and this is just going to be a wonderful life. Now, there is one thing. There is a tree right here. You're not to eat of this one. But now everything else is yours. You can have whatever else you want. But just remember, there's a line. God created a boundary line. God drew a line and said, now you can have all that, but here is a boundary. Well, turn to page, chapter 3. I mean, isn't it amazing? We only get to chapter 3. And then we're told that the serpent was more crafty than, than any of the other animals. And that's a line that lets you know this is not going to be good. And, and pretty soon the serpent comes up to Adam and Eve and said, did God really tell you not to cross that line? Did God really tell you that you can't eat of this tree because if you do, you're going to die? Do you catch that the first temptation was Satan trying to distort a boundary that God had created? A line that God had made? Well, pretty soon what happened? I mean, Adam and Eve decide, so you mean if I actually eat of that tree, I'll be like God? I mean, that sounds pretty impressive. And so they crossed the line. They broke the boundary. And the next thing you know, chaos has ensued. Sin has entered the world. And pretty soon, one of their kids turns around and kills their other one. Boundaries are part of the fabric of who we are. We need boundaries that remind us if you cross these various lines, chaos will come into our lives. Chaos will come into our world. Boundaries. 
Our boundaries define us. They're part of our identity. They're part of our being. Just like property lines, it kind of lays out where we are. I mean, at my home, uh, over on one side, there's a, there's a little stake in the ground and it has some orange paint on the top and, and it tells me, now that's your line right there. And, and, and then on the other side, there's another stake with a little orange and that's your line. And, and I try my best to take care of what's in between those lines because that's my responsibility. Cross those lines is somebody else's responsibility, but, but this is my boundary. This defines what is mine to take care of. And our boundaries in our personal lives and in our faith and our walk with God, it kind of creates this is who we are and, and this is our identity and what we're responsible for. It defines what's acceptable to us and what's out of bounds for us. What's important to us. What's not so important to us. It's a boundary of our faith. What is it that I believe in so much? It's one of the reasons why we do the Apostles' Creed is is to be able to go, this is what I believe. Now, I I really do believe that Jesus is Lord. And and so I state that. What is the line? One of my colleagues is here that we used to serve on our Board of Ordained Ministry together. and, And one of the questions I used to love to ask with the theology committee when I chaired that committee was, what element of your faith would you be willing to die for? I mean, is there a line that is so real to you that I just can't cross over that? Our boundaries define who we are. Our, our, our boundaries define our morals. What is it that, that as a child of God, I will not cross this line? Our boundaries define our relationships. Because I have a covenant relationship with my wife, I will not cross this line. It begins to shape who we are and and what's important to us and what is not. Our work and our ethics. Because I'm a Christian, there are some lines that I won't cross. And and we then get in chaos sometimes or we get into challenging situations where our line is here. Our employer may want us to step over. And what do we do? My life, my faith, my being will not let me cross. Boundaries are important to us. It it, it sets up who we are. It's the line that we draw that identifies ourselves. Boundaries keep us centered and and balanced. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend wrote a a best-selling book called Boundaries. It it might be a good summer reading book for you. And, and, And in that book, they say, the concept of boundaries comes from the very nature of God. God defines himself as distinct and a separate human being, a separate being, and he is responsible for himself. He defines and takes responsibility for his personality by telling us what he thinks, what he feels, plans, allows, will not allow, likes and dislikes. God lays it out. This is who I am. This is who I am. These are the boundaries that I have. But having boundaries is tough. It's challenging. Sometimes we feel like if we have boundaries that we're actually saying no or we're being heartless or we're being cruel or, or whatever it might be. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we'll start owning things that are not ours to own. Like I was sharing with the property line, I mean, we, we have the, the little stake with the orange on it, but I will cross that line. I mean, I step over there periodically because I have a neighbor. I love my neighbor. He's a good neighbor. 
And if he needs some help, sometimes I'll go over and help him out. And sometimes if, if I'm on my property and he sees I'm trying to do something that a helping hand would be great to have, he'll come over and, and help me out. The difference is I don't own his stuff. He doesn't own mine. I can help him and encourage him, but I don't take ownership. <clears throat> Boundaries are sometimes knowing the difference between helping and trying to take ownership for something that's not yours. Boundaries. Sometimes we feel like we're, we've got to rescue people. It's our job to, to protect them, but sometimes when we're protecting, we're actually crippling. We're, we're enabling them. It's a mistake that I see a lot of parents make too is, is we have a hard time drawing boundary lines for our kids. So we go, all right, here's the line. You can't cross this. And then they do, and we go, okay, here's the new line. And they cross that one, and we go, okay, I'm going to go talk to your teacher and I'm going to act like it's really their fault when I know it's yours, but I'll move that line. And the next thing you know, our kids grow up without any sense of boundaries, without any sense that there are actually consequences because all we've done is teach them that there are no consequences, there are no lines. And there are studies that show now that when our young people grow up, get a job for some, by somebody who's not mom or dad, and somebody says, thou shalt not and meant it, it blows their mind. Boundaries are not always easy, but they're vital. Even in our relationship with God, boundaries are vital. I love this scripture in Luke chapter 5 because it shows us Jesus setting boundaries. I mean, the, the story is that, that Jesus was out teaching and he was in the city when, when a man came up to him with leprosy. Now, in biblical times, leprosy was one of the most horrible diseases you could ever be diagnosed with. Immediately. If you were diagnosed with leprosy, you had to leave your family. Don't even go home to say goodbye. You cannot go around anybody else because we don't want you to dare infect anybody else with this horrid disease. They didn't fully understand it. Parts of the body would just begin to drop off. So people were terrified of this disease. And to make sure that you didn't infect anybody, you had to rip your clothes up so that people would look at you and realize that that person has leprosy. They, they couldn't groom their hair. They had to let their hair be disheveled so that people would look at you and go, oh, there's a leper. And just in case looks alone wouldn't do it, the leper had to cover their mouth and walk around saying, unclean, if they saw another human being, unclean. And you know what that meant? That meant that parents were grabbing their children going, come on, that's a leper over there. What a horrible life to be the one that others would flee from. So he comes to Jesus in desperation. His face is down. Lord, I know if you want to, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I want to. I want to. And Jesus heals him. And then says the most peculiar thing. And I understand the theology behind it, but that's another sermon. He said, don't go tell anybody. Right. That's kind of like a judge going, the jury will disregard that last statement. Not going to happen. I mean, don't go tell anybody. It's like, honey, I'm home. What happened? Can't tell you. I was told not to tell you. 
And we know that He told because the Scripture says that Word got out more than ever before. And crowds and crowds of people were coming to Jesus to hear His teaching and to be cured of their diseases. But listen what Luke says in verse 16. But He would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Now I want you to catch this. It did not say, but He withdrew to a deserted place. And prayed. It said he would withdraw to deserted places, meaning this was something normal for Jesus. This was a regular thing for Jesus. That regularly, even though the crowds were coming, regularly, even though there were people with legitimate, genuine needs, that Jesus would regularly withdraw to a deserted place to pray. Now we sometimes wonder, you know, why would Jesus do that? It wasn't that Jesus was saying no to something he shouldn't be doing. This was a great thing. People wanted to come and hear about the kingdom of God. And Jesus wanted to teach about the kingdom of God. People wanted to come and have their loved ones healed. And Jesus had compassion, the scripture said, and constantly wanted to heal. But what Jesus said was not no, What Jesus said was, hold on. Before I can say yes to you, I have to first spend some time taking care of me. Before I can do yes well, I have to first spend some time with my Father. I need to spend some time being rejuvenated, revived, renewed, refocused. Before I can say yes to you, I first have to say yes to God. Boundaries. Jesus set boundaries. He knew that that time with God, some Sabbath time away, was so important. Dr. Matthew Sleeth is another medical doctor and Christian who wrote an interesting book called 24-6. 24-6. He says, we live in a 24-7 world, but we were created to be 24-6 people. That's part of the struggle that we have. He, He recognized that for us to be healthy people, for us to be the people that God had created to be, we first have to have a little Sabbath time as well. Not only a time of rest... Genesis, the scripture says, you know, that God created on the seventh day he rested. And therefore he said to us on the Sabbath day, the seventh day you shall rest. So yes, it's for rest. But it's also to remember. The fourth commandment is keep the Sabbath holy. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, you get a recap of the Ten Commandments. And Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says, Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep Sabbath holy. Why? There's something about coming in this place, spending some time with God that reminds us that God was with us yesterday. Reminds us that God is with us today. And therefore, when I have to face Monday, I can do it because I remember who God is that will be with me tomorrow. Sabbath helps us to remember, to refocus, to reflect. 
Now, when I was a kid, and I would hear rules of what you could do on Sunday and not do on Sunday, I didn't understand them. I'll just be honest with you. And I grew up out in the country. And, and, and I will tell you, now, I grew up Methodist, which meant we had a few less rules than our neighbors. They tended to have a lot more rules. And we had a tendency to do what Christians do, and that was to talk about the other Christians and their rules and why they were the kind of people they were. I mean, I just didn't understand some of the rules that other people had. I mean, like, you can't play cards on Sunday. Not even Uno. What's really wrong with Uno? Don't you think Jesus would have liked to do that with the disciples and go, Uno? But you couldn't do that on Sunday. That just didn't make any sense to me. Some people said you can't dance either. I don't understand that one. I mean, the Scripture said David danced naked before the Lord. Now, we'll draw that line. There are some images you just don't need. <laughs> and I will tell you, growing up, if on the way home from church you pass somebody that was sitting on a lawnmower on Sunday morning, well, they might as well ride it straight to the gates of Hades. I didn't understand the rules because it just seemed like a bunch of lines of thou shalt not and, and no to this and no to that and no here and no there. But what I didn't understand was that Sabbath is not about simply saying thou shalt not, but is to say thou shalt not do this so that thou hast time to do that. There are times that we step away from the busyness of our lives so that we have time to do the important things in our lives. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. He said, Sabbath is that uncluttered time and space in which we can distance ourselves from our own activities enough to see what God is doing. To step back enough from our own stuff so that we can see what God is up to. Albert Schweitzer a theologian said as well, do not let Sunday be taken from you. If your soul has no Sunday, it becomes an orphan. Do not let Sunday be taken from you. Now I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'll confess to you, Sunday is not my Sabbath. I don't typically get home on Sunday afternoon and go, I feel so rested. It's not the legalism of the day. But rather, if you don't have time for Sabbath, your soul will become an orphan. And Sir Edward Turner put it this way. The one that remembers not to keep the Christian Sabbath at the beginning of the week will be in danger of forgetting before the end of the week that they're a Christian. The one that remembers not to keep the Christian Sabbath at the beginning of the week will be in danger of forgetting by the end of the week that they are a Christian. Now Jesus set some boundaries. Before I say yes to some really important work, I have to first say yes to God and to myself. Now, we call ourselves Christian, which means to be like Christ. And if Christ needed boundaries and time to step back and be revived and refreshed with God, 
Do we really believe as the children of God that we have surpassed the Son of God Himself? But He would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Without margin, we are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually out of balance. We're unhealthy. So where do we draw the line? Where do you draw the line in your lives? It's not that you're saying no to some stuff you shouldn't be doing. Jesus had to say, hold on to some really important stuff. Because this is more important. What do you need to say, hold on? Before I can say yes well to you, I need to first say yes to God and me. What do the boundaries that you have say about you and about me? What do our boundaries say about our faith and our relationship with God? Lord, I want to be a Christian. It's just not the easiest thing to pull off. Will you pray with me? God, we're just so grateful for your love and grace. And God, we are grateful that you teach us to put boundaries in our lives. It's part of your order. For without them, we find ourselves in chaos and drowning in the stress and pressures of the world. It's not that you teach us to say no. You teach us to draw a line and go, hold on. Before I can say yes well to you, we need to say yes to you as our God and ourselves in relationship with you. God, we are taught in our world that we are the consumers. But in reality, God, we tend to be the ones consumed. We're out of balance. We're unhealthy. So God, we pray that you would help us to establish the boundaries that you have put in place for us so that we might fully become the people you've called us to be. Lord, we want to be a Christian in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I invite you to renew your commitment and boundaries with hymn number 402, Lord, I want to be a Christian. <clears throat>